Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Jim Gazzola for RP3. The takeover continues, Hannah. The takeover continues. Actually, Ray is in my hometown today. He was he in all time. That's I guess. Are you and, jealous? Yeah, actually, yeah. He was at the <laughs> ball game last night. He was the Astros White Sox game last night. I'm a little jealous. I'm sorry. He texted me. Uh, now, he asked me, a, kind of, should he take the train to the game? And I said, eh, a little dicey in parts of that train ride. A little dicey. I go, I, I, I asked the hotel if what's the best way, and uh, he jumped in a cab. And he said, hey, State Street was a little uh, little sketchy at parts. And I said, yes, yes, it's going to be as you head south towards the ballpark. Uh, it's not uh, it's not uh, Lake Charles. How's that? <laughs> but we are we are stuck in here for him as we take over his show, RP3. Jim Gazzolo in for our RP3. Raymond today, Hannah Five Names is with me as always. Do me a favor today, will you? What? Try to understand that he's where I'm supposed to be in Chicago. Okay. So a little little heartbroken here. He's at the ball game last night. It's a good game, three to two. Astros win. Now you're excited about that as Astro fans down here. I'm a little disappointed because I'm a White Sox fan, but well, we're playing better. Luckily, I'm not a Astros fan. I'm a Mariners fan. No, so you wanted the White Sox to win. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay. That's what baseball does. See, I would want the Astros to win if Foot would be in today. If Foot was not going to be here, Aaron, I mean, yeah. Well, you need White to explain Sox that to win. people because Kevin Kevin Foot gets a little irritable when the Astros and uh, the especially the Saints lose, doesn't he? Oh yeah, for sure. I think what Takes was it? Personally. I can't remember what it was that was supposed to happen. I think it was something that was happening, I think, in the NBA playoffs, and it was something was going on with the Astros at the same time, or something was going on. If it's like, I'm not going to be here, I'll be laid up on the bed. I can't even move. And then he still had to come to work. But I was Why? Because the Astros? Yeah, I think so. I think because they were playing against somebody or something with the lockout. I'm not 100% sure. It's been a couple months, but. Well. I mean, it's – they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to get a bye. It's not as big a game as it is the White Sox that need every game to win to make the playoffs. But it is fun to see people get upset over games. Oh, yeah. I mean, his whole plan is to not go, like, you know, two and seven because he plays you in four games and he plays the Braves after this. I, I, so. That's what I don't get is he's got – the best or second best team in baseball, mm-hmm. and he's worried about playing other teams, and worrying about going f- losing four of seven. Well, he's lost two or three to the White Sox already, but it's he should embrace those games. Those are the games you want to play. You want to win those games. 
Yes, he, uh, those he are the said. important games. I, that's that's the the fun of all this is to play good teams. It's not to play the Oakland A's every week. No. And pile up victories. They can ball. <laughs> the last series against wow. the A's, I believe they won two of three. But before that, they got swept yeah, that's by the, the A's. Because so that's sometimes why. you don't take them seriously. Yeah. That can become a problem. Look, the White Sox, they beat the Astros two out of three, going for three out of four today. They beat the Tigers, who, who are horrible. But they lost three out of four to the Royals. Mm-hmm. So they do it, too. Everybody does it. Yeah. Baseball's a fun – it's not like any other sport. It's pitcher gets hot, guy makes an error, strange things happen. You play 162 games, you're going to lose some games. Yeah. I didn't, though. I won all my games yesterday. Well, I won all of them. I won the series. I swept the uh, Angels. The yeah, little MVPs. <laughs> what happened to the oh the poor angels? Poor angels spent a lot of money to be bad. Yeah, a lot of money to be bad. Let that be a lesson to you. You cannot, you cannot buy a team and have two stars. Actually, three paid three stars, extreme amount of money, end up with two of them hurt and think you're going to be able to compete. Yeah, you got to spread your money around. Be smart with your money. I mean, they said yesterday that they heard from. Uh, some people in the dugout that Mike Trout is actually going to be back tomorrow for their next series. Why? I don't know. Their season's over. Let him rest again. He's going to get healthy. He gets hurt every year. I saw that. I looked at they they showed up. They played for free because that's what I want. The Angels and Mariners game on YouTube for free. And so I watched the game. First, I'm actually watching them live on TV and being able to watch the full game. I've only watched it like in a replay somewhere or on their like their Twitter. And so watching it the full game, they had said that my child was supposed to be back, but like it listed all of his injuries all the way across his like his body and showed okay, he had one here and then here and then <laughs> it kept going. I think it was like six total injuries from Mike Trout. Yeah. I know he's he's and this one is this is a back, and there, there was a point during the summer where they thought his career might be over. So this was – when you start getting hurt with your back and you've got $282 million invested in the guy, yeah, and, a, and you got Otani that wants more money and deserves more money. If you're going to pay Mike Trout $282 million not to play, you got to pay Shoei Otani a lot of money to play two positions, don't you? So there, there's your issue. We'll take Otani. The White Sox will take Otani. We'll take he'll he'll fit nicely in right field. <laughs> we'll take him. I don't know if we would I don't we're not gonna pay that much money because of that. I, I mean they made, we don't pay that much money for anybody. They made the hurt a little less because of Otani shooting a uh hitting a two run homer yesterday to make it eleven to seven instead of eleven to five. He's he's the most exciting player in baseball to me. Because he does two things. He does them. They call him the unicorn. He does two things unique. He can run. He can hit for power. He can pitch. He can hit for average. He can play defense. Pretty much all things the White Sox right fielders can't do. He can do in one guy, <laughs> and we we got five guys that can't do it. So he he is to us he's the unicorn because we never see anything like him. 
So Astros fans on this network, right here on the game, you can hear the Astros White Sox final game one o'clock today. Correct? Is that uh, correct? One ten. Okay, I missed, first pitch. I missed first pitch. Ray will not be there Sorry. today. He said he won't. Yeah. He has, he has actually, boot camp. Maybe some. Yeah, some kind of camp or something. Yes. Morning show boot camp. Morning show. Oh, okay, that's not even right. That's not even. Do you real, think I make it? him do push-ups? That's not real, is it? Is it yeah. really morning show boot camp? That's what, I don't know. That's what it's called. That's what he kept saying. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I have no reason to what, not believe what him. What in the world is morning show boot? I gotta hear what this is. He has what to make our back? show better, so he's going to boot camp to do that. Okay, then, then say you're going to a convention of morning show stars to get help. But don't call it morning show boot camp. That's what it's called, I assume. I, I, I will look play it revelry? up. Are they going to play revelry at, at four in the morning and get him up? I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's boot camp to me. Are they going to shave his head? I mean, it's already shaved. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't matter. It's a good point. It's a good. I guess that wouldn't matter. Uh, no, I don't believe so. Now suddenly I've got. Now suddenly I've got. I'm pictured in stripes. In the movie Stripes. So I'm done with you. Already. Six twelve in the morning. In. We're not even fifteen minutes in. Yep. We haven't even started the first day of our two day takeover. It's gonna be so much fun. Is it really? I think you, so. I think you dread these days. I don't exactly dread them. Because you have I, no idea what I'm going to do. Yes. All that's right. why I dread them some. But that I also have fun because then I realize that we get to chat for six hours together. But, but I've been that. Nobody, because we have guests. I, I, I have no game plan. That's the thing. I have topics we'll talk about. But I have no game plan. I don't have game. I don't have the game on the game. That's why we need our own show, so we can get flow and have a game and have a plan. Okay. Have guests that actually want to be here and not say, oh, it's you again. <laughs> I can hear it in their voice. We told James, he said, it's glad to finally have you back. And he goes, hey, bud, I won't be here <laughs> next week. Wow. So James Yasko is wondering if Ray is actually still a human being, like he's, you know, physically there. Or he's just never like here. He's that at boot camp. That should have been the poll question. <laughs> Will, Ray, Will ever, Ray ever stay for more than just a week? Do it. <laughs> or will he be at boot camp? I, I will, I'm going to give him a hard time about that. I didn't know it was called boot camp. I will look it up during the commercial break and see if you can find the exact name. But he has called it Morning Show Boot Camp since he told me about it last week. Now, does that mean, is that is that just for radio mornings or TV people there or? I have no idea. Is it? I was given no details. I just, I just see the little, the little picture of the sun in the corner, like a morning TV show, and coffee being brought out and having just a little coffee for, like, talk with people. You know, Robin Williams. Good morning, Vietnam, and then letting everybody have to wake up to that. Oh, that'd be a rough way to wake up. I just really, you, I, I love so. Robin. I, I do too. I love the movie, but if I'm Sleeping, I don't. That's not the first thing. I'd like a little soft little alarm that builds up. I don't even hear my alarm now. I'm used. I just I get so panicky about this show that I'm up at really? like three o'clock pacing. 
Pacing? No, not pacing. Is that in my head? Yes. I mean, that's stressful. No, it's more. Am I gonna flub up? <laughs> it's not. I have plenty of things to talk about. I have plenty of opinions. It's just, am I gonna flub up? It's these reads. We got this. I these believe in us. Reads. How's that? It's just the reads that keep me up at night. I've asked you. Do you want me to do them instead? No, I've got to. No. I've got to learn. I've got to. I've got to be better. I love the challenge, and plus, I think people want to hear how bad I'm going to mess them up. You really think so? No, I don't. Okay. If you want to read them, you can always, always welcome to read them. The game: 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Football season is here in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to crown you the tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. You can score $500 to Chops Specialty Meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Raging Cajun football games, and so much more. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the Game. That sounds like I. that's pretty good. That is a pretty good uh, giveaway right there. College football. Bringing it up right now. Miles Brennan, no longer a quarterback at LSU. What does that mean for LSU? We have now a couple of days to get it. We'll have less, or Glenn West talk about it at 8.30. But for me, it simplifies things for Brian Kelly. It makes it a little easier because of this. Miles Brennan was the fan kind of underdog favorite. But he wasn't the best guy. Therefore, Miles Brennan probably did Brian Kelly a favor by walking away from the Tigers because it now opens up the door for what Brian Kelly wanted to do anyways. I think Brian Kelly wants to start Jaden because that's why you bring him here. You don't bring him here from Arizona to sit on the bench. It's very similar to Gary Goff in Lake Charles. He got the same exact thing happen this week. He had Walker Wood, kind of the fan favorite because he had been around for a while. He moved him to slot receiver, taking him out of the football quarterback competition. Now, Walker Wood has done everything you could want him to do over the years. He's been a great soldier for the program. But if you watched, he wasn't the best throwing quarterback. He'll be a big help in the slot receiver position and ultimately could be one of the biggest keys to their season because they don't really have a slot receiver. Now he goes back to that position. But you didn't bring the two guys in, Knox Kadem and Cam Ramson, to sit on the bench. You brought him here to compete for the job because you already know you had Walker Wood. Therefore, 
you're not you're, you're sure of what you had. You went out and got somebody better. Now you can use the other guys. Same thing in the Miles Brennan case. Miles Brennan was important because he stayed with the program. He came back to the program after entering the portal, which was a nice win for Brian Kelly. But ultimately, from what I hear, he wasn't making the connections. Kelly wants a running quarterback. Miles Brennan is not a running quarterback. So he probably gave, in my guess, he gave Brian Kelly what he wanted, and he kind of opens up the position for the two guys that Kelly wants to give to. Interesting thing with Miles Brennan, though, is he gets to keep the NIL money probably, which is ultimately the strangest thing of all because you cannot lop NIL money with production on the field. Therefore, if he has already gotten the money in the contract, it has absolutely nothing to do with his ability to play football. So we, we now have the first major loophole in the NIL, I guess, quandary, which is you're paying a guy not to play. Now, I'll take money for not working, but it does start the process of if this is the case, what happens when I invest as the NIL guy a million dollars into a quarterback and all of a sudden he doesn't start, he gets benched? How much pull do I have within the athletic program and how much trouble will I cause because I want my investment on the field? I want to get something for my investment. This, I, I love the fact that kids are getting paid. Love the fact that they have all the time in the world to make money. College football is a money maker. Everybody makes money off of it. Why not the players? But I'm concerned about the guy who writes the check getting power over kids and getting power over programs because he is now the guy in charge of who plays because he's the one writing the checks. Does that make sense to you? I, I, I'm, what I'm saying is, does he does he then go to the coach and say, I need, if you want to keep me getting guys to your program with NIL money, I need them to play because I need to get back my investment. That's, that's, where, I get, that's where I get confused. I'm worried about that. You don't seem too concerned, Hannah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just processing, really. Um. Well, do you, do you see what I'm saying is, in other words, yeah. if, I, if I had a commercial, if I had, it's different with a pro athlete because th th there's no, you're not recruiting the guy through NIL money in the future. But if I'm a guy who's going to pay a million dollars a year to LSU or to whatever school, yeah, and I'm going to say, okay, when you recruit a kid, one of the reasons why he's going to come here is because I'm going to give him NIL money, which is essentially what's happening. My money is now invested in that. I got to get something back from that. And it's him not sitting on the bench. It's different if the kid retires. I get that. But if I'm the coach and I've got two guys battling it out and the NIL guy has committed money to me in my program and I want to start the other guy, is he now an extra booster? I've got to please. I think essentially in the way you're putting it, yes. But I also think that then the coach himself then has to look at, okay, what do I need to do to make sure that, you know, I want to run my program the way it needs to be and put it in its best foot forward? Yeah, but despite it, it, what's going on with NIL. In essence, though, you've got to please the boosters so you can run that program because the boosters run the program in big schools. Right. And that, 
<laughs> it's it's a this it makes is, it a tricky ball game. Well, that that's why I never like that's why I like the NIL. I just don't like how it's done. Yeah, I think it should done a different way for sure. Because yes, you want to go and see you want to reap, reap the rewards for the investment you're making in this certain kid or in these kids because there are certain places and organizations and businesses that are putting their money into multiple children. I say children like I'm not the same age as them. Multiple athletes. Multiple, yes, athletes. That's a better <laughs> word for okay. it. But it's it who's it, running it does, the program. Yeah, it makes it tricky for sure, but it's a it's a hard ball game and a hard well, thing to kind of navigate through, I think. I, I get a starting quarterback because my NIL guy gives me, let's say, $400,000. And I give that to the kid so he can play, and that's the reason why he comes to my school. And then he sits. So the NIL guy is upset because he's, his investment has not paid off. Now I go to him again in two years, and I say, I need another quarterback. Can you give me NIL money? And he looks at me and says, then I've got to guarantee he's going to play X number of games. Now now you're into, it's an advertisement deal for the kid and the NIL guy and not the program. It, it's just, it's another cog in the wheel that can stumble through. And it's just messy. It's just like like everything else with the NCAA, it's messy. Yeah. And it's got, it, that, that has to be cleaned up in order to move on and forward. Because I think it's gonna, it's really gonna splinter locker rooms eventually when kids that are making big money aren't playing for kids that want the big money and are saying, well, why aren't I getting any money? Because I just beat the guy out. Yeah. So JBK the OD messaged me on Twitter and says to tell you that mystery nil guy now gets a lot of two for one coupons at all the Brennan's restaurants, <laughs> and that the nil money went to Miles at LSU. But the well, thing it does is, go to it does go to Miles. I understand that. Yeah, I think that yes, there is. I have to like. I need to sit down one day and just fully look at the NIL guidelines and what's actually being played because there it's so much messy things are going on underneath the table that we may not know as fans. I think because well, yeah, yes, no, you're putting not. you're putting your money into the kid, but. That kid then is trying – it changes the recruitment of the class for those programs because of NIL money saying, hey, I want to give you NIL money, but I'm here and, you know, I'm for LSU or I'm for McNeese or, you know, so on and so forth. So I think that there are businesses that are mainly for certain teams, I think, and so they try to recruit kids by saying, hey, if you come out of the transfer portal and you stay at – you know, so-and-so, you know, college, then I'll pay you more NIL money yeah. unless you were to go to, like, a different college. I'm like, eh, not really caring for that program because they're not well, it's supposed to be intertwined with the other program. NIL money is supposed to be essentially advertising money. In other words, I'm paying Miles Brennan to do a commercial for my product. Yes. Okay, so that, that if that's that's the basic what it is. I won't get into the image and likeness thing because it's really just getting a name attached so he can wear a shirt that says, I work for Joe's Auto. <laughs> well, go to Joe's Auto. I'm Miles Brennan from LSU football. Okay, that's essentially what it's supposed to be. If he's Now, if I've given him all the money and he's no longer there, 
or he's no longer the starting quarterback as somebody else's, he that investment I've made as the NIL guy is less important as Joe's auto is less important and less worth than it was before. And I have been basically uh, ripped off by the head coach sitting the guy. And that that's, do I want to then invest in the next guy knowing I may lose any advertising dollar I get from him because he's not playing. And that's, that's in essence, the biggest concern is who's running the show. Yeah. It's always, it's, it's just another level to the boosters that think they run the program. It's just another, that's all. Just another person that gets their hand in the pie and says, I want to do this and that. And the coach has to respond to him. Yeah. Just, just me. It's just me, Hannah. It's just me. Yeah. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Yellow. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Arville Volunteer Fire Department is hosting a black pot cook-off on Saturday, September 10th. The cooking begins at 8 a.m. and the eating will start at noon at the Flower Auditorium in Arnville. There will be also plenty of live music, including Gerald Gerling and Gently. Oh, boy. <laughs> Who's that group there? Zika, Dustin Sonner, and the Sweet Celica for... Further information, visit www.arnville.org. Okay. Let's, let's go with go these names again? again for everybody. Okay. So there are also plenty of live music, including Gerald Grunig, Gentili Zydeco, Dustin Sonier, and the Sweet Cecilia. For more information, visit www.arnvillefire.org. There you go. You're welcome. See, thank you. That will be the one <laughs> I will need help on. Got I, it. I do not know where that is, but I would eat the food. <laughs> That's What's actually, our poll question today? That is uh, Hattie's birthday, by the way. Oh. Ray's daughter. Okay. So, our poll question is, how many wins will the Saints have this season? We have 12 plus, 8 to 11, 8 and under, and Super Bowl champs. Super Bowl champs. Yeah. So, to win the vote right now, we have 64% for 8 to 11. We have 18% for 8 and under. And then nine apiece for 12 plus and Super Bowl champs. We do have some comments on Twitter. They say they are underrated by everyone. Hill will shine at tight end and the defense will win the turnover battle in every game. And the running backs will roll behind a newly revamped O-line. And the QBs will just need to manage the game and not make mistakes and find the right matchup, says John Paul. Was that, I was going to say, was that Peter King from NFL or something? No. John wow, Paul. that guy went deep into it. He's serious. He went deep into the projection. It's impressive. Then we have Ton, who says, honestly, I see them winning 10 to 12 games, making the playoffs, and getting knocked out quickly. However, I think they are Super Bowl capable. I think they are, too. Will they be this year? I'm not highly likely on that poll. But then we have Hart, who says a regular season record, I'd put 10, 12 games, but every team's aspiration should be Super Bowl and nothing less every season. 
and then Ralph Bergeron says, I'm right at 11-6 or 12-5, and five, but we'll go with 8-11 to 11 because the O-line has me worried. I think 9-8 is the floor and 13-4 is the ceiling. Oh, I like the way he does that. That's the way I like to do it, floor and ceiling. That's a wide floor and ceiling difference, but I like that. Yeah. That's a professional take on that. That is Who very that? much. That was Ralph Bergeron. Ralph, very good job. Yes. And then Blaine Smith on Facebook says 10 wins and Hannah comes out of her shell way more when Ray leaves. Wow. Because you made me talk. I make you talk or do you no. want to talk? I do want to talk. But I, I won't I let think... you talk if you don't want to. <laughs> that, that should I be the poll more. question tomorrow. Should Hannah talk more or less? That's tomorrow's poll question. Okay. How much should Hannah talk? How many words are we going to give Hannah? How's Twelve. that? Twelve. <laughs> Eight to 11? <laughs> How's that? No, okay, the Saints. I I like them. I think they're a good football team. I think 8 to 11, I think 11 or 12 is about right. That's why I wanted it to be 8 to 11 because I want to see who goes over, who goes under. I think 11 wins is about right. Yeah. And I think, I think they're a playoff team. I think they're a contender, but I don't think they'll get to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the NFC title game is probably their their ceiling. Um, cause I think they, I think eight and 11, well, they'd probably lose on the road at that point in time. Cause I don't think that'd be enough wins to get home field. I love their defense. I think their defense has a chance to be really, really good. Uh, I don't know about their offense cause I'm not sold on the offensive line yet. I'm not sold on Michael Thomas yet. Uh, I'm not sold on Jameis Winston. <laughs> so there's a lot of things I'm not sold on. When it comes to the offense, but I think their defense is a top flight defense. I think it's a top five defense in the NFL. Yeah, I think potentially with last year winning, having that record they had last year, I think when people go on media and on the betting websites and they're like, oh, they're only going to win eight. I'm like, they almost went to the Super Bowl with four different quarterbacks, lots of injuries, and even some suspensions because I had uh, Deontay Harris last Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. On my uh, fantasy football league, and he was suspended at the same yeah. time that Ariel was hurt. And they had no Michael Thomas. Right. And I think, yes, Michael Thomas will be back. We've seen that. He's been in practices and everything else in training camp. But I'm not sure if he's going to be 100% the Michael Thomas that he was before he got hurt. It would hurt. be hard to be. It would, it would be hard to be. I think whatever we can get out of him will still immensely help. The offense, I think that no matter what, they're going to be ran by their defense because that just seems to be what their not their motto, but like kind well, of their, their their style coach. is. Their yeah, head coach was a defensive coordinator. He was their defensive coordinator. That's what he wants to run. He wants to run the football, control the clock because that's what all defensive guys want, and he wants to play good defense and win the takeaway battle. And I think they have a chance to do that. The question is. Do they have enough offense with Jameis Winston, with that offensive line, with Quest as a tight end? Do they have enough offense to win games that they have to win in a shootout? And eventually, if you're going to go to the Super Bowl, you can't win every game 11-9. You have to go out and score some points. That's going to be the question. Winstead's not going to play this week because of a foot injury. That's not really a huge deal, except that he's coming off an injury, so he could have used all the time he needs. But I love the I love the pickup of Andy Dalton as a backup. I think that is one of the bigger under the radar pickups in the NFL because it is a stabilizing force that they didn't have last year. They didn't they they dropped off immensely when they went from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback. 
This drop-off won't be. He's won games. He's won playoff games. He's been in playoff games. He's been in playoff hunts. The moment won't become too big if he goes into a game. Now, you lose him and Jameis, and you got issues. But everybody would. So I think they're positioned to be very good if their offensive line can come around and if they don't make mistakes on offense. Those are the two things. And that those are the two biggest question marks, which is why I don't put them at over 12 wins. I put them right around 12, and I, I'll, I'll say 11 and 6 is good. I, I That's, you know, I but they're they're – they can take off. They, if their offense comes around, they could be a 13-win team. I think there is <clears> – <throat> sorry. I think there's potential to be Great a 13-win team. But I think I'm with you that I think 11-6 and six would be a good record that they may have for this season. I think that people can definitely go against me on this. But the preseason is where I want to see them – the people that we want, like the starters, to play at least once. Not for the fact that, yes, they are not playing the starters probably for the teams they're going against in preseason, but more to see how they mesh together their chemistry. Not even as much as how they're playing against the team itself, but the the team and their players themselves playing with each other to see what training camp really did. Because that's what you see. That's why everybody has questions. I don't think... All of these players have great talent. We know that. There are some that are, you know, working on that. But um, (laughs) they're getting there. Uh, But I think that we need to see as fans and as media personnel to see how they actually play together and not as much their play themselves. Michael Thomas, we know is good. We disagree completely on the preseason then. I don't care anything about the preseason except don't get hurt. <laughs> well, yes, that is definitely a big don't thing. Get don't hurt. get hurt. But they're not playing against the starters no. on either side. But I think putting them out there for just, you know, two, three plays to see how they, you know, mesh, I think that's what I would want to see there in the preseason before we get to the actual season. I, I, I give them one. I want everybody one series and out. I don't need any. If you're a good now – Maybe the offensive line plays together a little longer because they haven't meshed before. But I, I I think the preseason in the NFL is probably the most overrated thing in the world because college doesn't have it. And they go right into games. I think the way they've handled preseason, I like what they do. Like, I like the fact that instead of playing each other for practices, they went up to Green, the Saints went up to Green Bay and are going to work out against the Packers. I would rather see more of that and not a game than the game at all. That I think you get more out of that and those workouts than you do the other. I think the games have just become, I, I don't know, trivial and worthless preseason games. Uh, we, we see guys that don't want to play, guys that aren't playing. Um, although we did get to see Aaron Rodgers's. Uh, new receivers drop passes and him snap at young guys already, so that was worth it. <laughs> I guess that was worth it for me. But I, I, I think the the workouts are more important against the other teams in the games. So, I think we agree on that. I just don't care about the games. <laughs> I mean, I they don't it's play basically, but it's basically it's it's, it's scrimmage. Yeah, and it's they're they're vanilla in their packaging. It's 
who is this guy? Hey, it's great. We'll go see him in the USFL <laughs> half the time. And, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes the other day on the Bears, one drive, touchdown, he was done. Right. That's all he needed that, that's all. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. That's all to, so you want I to want see one, so, yeah. okay. one drive per. Like, look, there you go. I want to see maybe one, maybe two because of both of them coming off of injuries over the past season. But, like, between Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas. Yeah. Well, we that, see that, that having one. maybe. Because that's a mentality thing. Because, yes, you can see them play in training camp and see all the videos and are like, oh, look at this from, you know, Winston to, you know, there's – Here's Paulson Adebo going for here's you know we can see that in little videos in here and there on the Saints Twitter and yeah, on I, well that's took what, it everything yeah. else but I I think seeing in a game scenario all right I'll give you one drive I'll yeah. give you one drive a drive and a half I'll that's say. all I need that's all I'm saying all give me one maybe two drives depending on the players that we're talking about all right. you could be done all right not a whole game okay. The game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're back. Jim Gazzolo in for RP3, who's in my hometown of Chicago. I guess going to morning show boot camp. He'll be tremendous when he returns. Tremendous. Right now on a hotline, we have Ralph. Is that right, Ralph? Ralph, you yeah, there? Yeah, good morning, Jim. How you doing, How Ralph? How you doing, Jim? How's it going, man? It's going good. How you doing? Good, good. Boy, the, the buzz in Lake Charles must be really uh, exciting uh, about Whataburger to uh, cause it to be a food poll question on the game, right? Oh, it's a hey, look. The thing about the thing about the Chuck is when you get a new restaurant, it is backed up for miles for the first month. Uh huh. It's just exciting well, that anything's going to Lake Charles. So yeah, and not only that, we're getting a Freddy's. We're getting a Freddy's and we're getting a Jersey Mike's. Wow. Well, there you go. Um, I, you know, I, personally, I, I think y'all have all y'all need with Daryl's Pool Boys, but hey. Well, that's the that's winner. Hey, um, as far as the Saints go, look, I'm a huge Saints fan. I've been all my life, and, and I'm 62 years old. Uh, so I've been through the thick end, the good, bad, and the ugly. And um, um, this is going to be a season where I just kind of enjoy myself because I think it could be really special if things fall into place, but it also it could have some rough spots. Uh, you know, I, you know, it, it's just a, it, it's just a lot of a lot of unknowns. You know, with with uh, with you know first year head coach and uh, you know quarterback coming off injury and uh, you know. Offense, I think it may take them a few games to really find their stride. Um, but my biggest concern is, is what you were echoing. It, and it's not so much tight end because I think, you know, all indications are Troutman's making some leaps. Uh, the, the undrafted uh, rookie, Crawl, has been looking yeah. pretty good. Um, Vanette's doing well. I'd say he's hurt right now. But and, and Taysom Hill will play that little, you know, joker role and, and tight end as well. I think they'll be okay there. But offensive line scares the heck out of me. Yes. I'm not going to lie to you because you already had an underperforming Cesar Rui as a, a guard. Uh, you got a great center, great right tackle. Uh, Andres Pete is okay when he's in, but he's not in very often. He, he's usually hurt half the season. And and now you're, you know, you, 
both your left tackles go out yesterday in practice. Now, you know, granted, it, it looks like one's not serious, the other's a foot injury, but but still, you know, you that's a rookie left tackle and a journeyman left tackle, and then, you know, what's the one most, you know, the most important position on your team is, yes. I mean, offensive line-wise, left tackle, you know, so. No, it might be the second most important position on the team. Yeah, absolutely, you know, and then, you know, we, we, we've, blessed for so many years um, and we invested like a lot of number one picks at that position. Uh, Theron Armstead was as good as they, they, they came. Now he was often hurt probably four or five games a year, but, uh, but he was elite when he was in there. And I, you know, again, I I just think we might go through a few little rough patches. um, And, and, you know, you can, you can kind of mask that, but, but then you have to keep in a, a back to, to, to in protection, and, and so you take a weapon out when you do that, you know. So you, it's going. You know, I think it'll take. A, like I said, and what was a little. The only good thing is I don't think the rest of the division really got better. So no. you know, I, I, it's a I, it's a very know, winnable have, division, very winnable division. And yeah. the thing I, I know what you're trying to say is, you you are optimistically hopeful, realistically concerned. Exactly, and, and I'm, I posted that this morning on, on you know, my, my response. Uh, I think, I think it, you know, honestly, it, it could be a 13 is a ceiling if everything goes perfect. I think it's more like 11 and 6, and I think 9 and 8 is probably the floor because if they could go 9 and 8 last year with that ragtag yeah. season, uh, I think they could do it again this year. But uh, So I, I do think, you know, there's some reason for optimism, but I do think it may take a few games for us to hit our stride, and that's just my opinion. All right, well, thanks, Ralph. Thanks for the call. Uh, Agree with him 100% on almost everything. The offensive line is the biggest question mark going in. There's a little concerns on offense and and Jameis, and how many many picks is Jameis going to throw? And how – the thing with Jameis isn't how many will he throw. It's really how many times does he take a chance he doesn't need to take? Because he's he's going to be able to run the football. They're going to play good defense. Now, when he was in Tampa, they didn't have that. So he had to be the gunslinger. He had to try to make plays. Always coming from behind. I see with the Saints, I think you're going to see him play more controlled because they're going to have the lead or be within that one score where he's not trying to score three times in one drive because he's so far behind. I think that is the biggest thing is can he control his impulse in Tampa to try to make a comeback and control the game and be what everybody hates, but be that game control quarterback guy that hangs onto the football and not be the, I've got to make every play. If he does that, uh, this is going to be a very, very, very good football team. If he tries to be the gunslinger and they fall behind, oh, then we're the Wild West again. So <laughs> it's all up to Jameis and the offensive line, probably. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be alright this morning.
Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hour number two on RP3 and Company. Jim Gazzolo in for RP3. Raymond, who's in my hometown of Chicago at, yes, it is official. We looked it up. Morning show boot camp. I want you to think about that for a minute. A bunch of people who do morning shows around the country getting together at a boot camp. I want to hear if there was Reveille sounded. I want to hear if the, what was for breakfast. I want to see if it really was boot camp. Or it was just a camp. I want to hear a boot camp. That's what I want to hear. Now, what I also found out, it's Uh-oh. radio. Oh, it's just radio? Morning show boot camp. So, there's no TV. It's just radio. Wow. Yes. Well, that makes it even more interesting. Yes, and, there, and there's people constantly... It's not just sports radio. No. Okay. It's just like all morning shows. So... what? What is? What could be the most important thing about morning to be perky, to be that's hard. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what's what's the hardest part about it? What, why is morning boot camp radio more important than afternoon boot camp, or is there an afternoon boot camp? There might be an afternoon boot camp, but we only know of the morning show boot camp. <laughs> All right, and you know the audience is different between morning and afternoon. I'm yeah, not sure. sure. What else to tell you? I don't okay, know. I, that's an interesting thing. I, I just I want to hear what he I want to hear when he comes back. Okay. That's all I want to hear. I want to hear when he comes back. I want him to tell me what I need to know as a morning show guest host. Okay, so Monday we're having you as a as an interview. Sure. Just to discuss that. How about this? Okay. We have a morning show guest host boot camp. Sure. No, you don't think so? Not enough interest. I don't think so. I could take a flight to Chicago. I know my way around the city. I'm from the city. I, I, I even recommended him places to eat. I'm proud of you. Good job. Yes, depending on what he wants. And if they're still standing. <laughs> it's been a while since I haven't been back in Chicago in like three years, so I gotta I, I do have to go back. I miss I miss my hometown sometimes. I hear about it enough on the news. How's that? Not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It is thing. not a good thing, usually. It is not okay. a good thing. All right. <laughs> hey, give us a call on the hotline, 337-706-1111. That's 337-706-1111. Ralph, our first caller of the day, had a take on the Saints. Um, I want to see what they do with the Packers, but I, w- I want to see if we get any fights in the uh, – I always like the fights when the two teams get together. I'm also going to rephrase that for – Old Jim, it's three three seven seven zero six zero one one one. Wow, my eyes are my eyes deceived me there. You know, I'm staring also, right at it. You know, there's also a paper in front of you that has it on there. But I'm staring there's... right at it, and oh, I can see that. Oh my, I need new glasses. I think we have discovered that I need new glasses. There's any optometrist listening? Give me a call. Give Jim a call. I'm I'm serious. I I blurred into, and now as I point down, I see it actually is. (laughs) This is my. Well, I wear I wear glasses for the computers. I need like this. I need to wear it like. How's that? I can. That's a good look. 
At, at the bottom of the hour, we'll have Matt Bonnett, McNeese State. Interesting week for McNeese State football. They lose a quarterback to slot receiver. They got two quarterbacks back from injury. But most importantly, they are going to scrimmage Friday night. That's Friday night, 7 p.m. in Lake Charles in Cowboy Stadium. They're going to be back underneath the lights for the first time since 2019 pre-hurricanes when the hurricanes knocked down the lights. I want to see how many people show up just for the scrimmage at night and see if it's some type of celebration. Interesting times there. Walker Wood has moved from uh, quarterback to slot receiver where he will be a legitimate uh, contender to start and also contributor. But more importantly, uh, that frees up the quarterback controversy and quarterback battle between Cam Ransom and Knox Kingdom, and they have two weeks. Gary Goff, the head coach there, said he hasn't had a quarterback battle like this for nine years. He may even go into the first game playing both at Bozeman, Montana for Montana State. That's something he told me several times he doesn't like to do. He likes the alpha male in the room. He likes having the leader in the huddle. He likes the one-guy quarterback. But he's got two guys he's got to pick from, both transfers. Uh, this is an interesting, uh, how do we say, this is an interesting week for McNeese. Because this is the big week to kind of say where they are and where they're going to go when it comes to um, quarterback position especially. Remember, this is a team that has 58 newcomers. 15 from the from the portal. It is a completely different looking football team, so there's a lot of questions to be answered there. I want to see how they're answered on Friday night and where that leads us. Right now, we got uh, Jamie on the line. Is that right, Jamie? You there? Hey, good morning, Mr. Gonzalo. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. You, 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 I, first you, of all, I want to I want to say I hope McNeese does have a, a very successful scrimmage and that. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of energy uh, back in their stadium, especially with uh, being under the lights for the first time in, what, three years, something like that. So uh, I want to wish them nothing but the best of that, but still say four from demons. Um, you know, being a Northwestern grad and all, I had to That's get fine. That in. That's fine. Are, are you upset they're not playing? No, not really, because we always lose to McNeese, so, you know. Well, you beat, you beat them, though. You're the reason why Frank Wilson's – you're probably the reason why Frank Wilson's gone and everything's happened, because you beat them last game of the year. Well, you know, that was, what, uh, Northwestern's second win of the season or third win of the season, something like that. <laughs> yes. So, can't really blame them for getting rid of them for losing to Northwestern State. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to go in on the poll question of the day and say this. I think that the Saints have just a, a tremendous amount of talent. I think they're going to have a successful season. I don't pay any attention to preseason. Uh, like, I, I just, I don't know. To me, preseason is just dumb. Let the team scrimmage against each other maybe, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I can see both sides, but. I think the Saints are going to have a good season. I think they're going to win probably 12 or 13 games, you know, 10 at the absolute least. Um, I, I, I think that they'll uh, beat my Buccaneers, but I think the Buccaneers have their number in the postseason and it'll 
help them make an ex, uh, an early exit. But I think it's going to be a good season for the Saints. They're going to find their identity, and next season there's not going to be any stopping them. All right, thanks, Jamie. Uh, yeah, Saints, I, I, I agree with you on parts of that. Um, I think this is a big year for them to step up and kind of Dennis Allen to kind of plant himself as no longer in Sean Payton's shadows. That's why I think the 10-win season would be really good for him. I think they do make the playoffs. I don't know if your Buccaneers beat them. I think somebody beats them in the playoffs, uh, probably second round, if not the first. But I do see this team as being one that is going to change how the Saints are looked at in the future. I think this one's going to be defensive-oriented. This one's going to be a team that is going to run the football. Uh, we don't know the the whole Camara thing and outcome, but <laughs> every day it gets pushed back further. It's probably less and less that he'll be suspended. I hope one thing the NFL doesn't do, and the NFL is never going to listen to anybody, and they do their own thing, and they mess up a lot of things. But if you were going to suspend Camara, Alvin Kamara, don't do it all of a sudden arbitrarily in week 14. Don't don't say that. If you're not going to do it at the beginning of this year, do it at the beginning of next year. Don't influence a season unless you're just going to wipe him out for a year because they, they have a chance to influence the complete second half of the season if they wait until the right the wrong time to suspend him or not suspend him. Uh, that That's all, and that's, that's playing politics with a position. Um, when it comes to Deshaun Watson, I would have written him off for the year anyway. So <laughs> I, that's to me is that I'm just not sure, Saints fans. I'm going to count on Jameis to win me a game down the stretch when he has to. I think he can control the ball. I think he can do a lot of things I like. I just think he'll pull the trigger one too many times in a big game, and that's going to cost you in the playoffs. And that's ultimately going to be your downfall. Yeah, I think, in all honesty, I think James is going to do well. I think everyone's worried because of his past seasons. Well, he's not going to throw 30. If he throws 30, you're off the board. But I think (laughs) this whole season, and some may say it's premature, but I think once you see the first two games of the regular season, I think that's when you're going to see – okay, this is where our team's going to go by the end of the year. I don't think it really depends on Kamara as much as everybody else wants it to be. No, it's more of the, a running game by committee, yeah. Yeah. But he's the best football a, player. I mean, yeah, yes, he is, but I don't think that you can completely give a prediction for the whole season just based on him as a player. No. Because they're, they have put too many good people in the team and have brought them here. To make the team better, and it's not just because you know they have the hopes that you know not the hopes, but they have the worrisome of Kamara being out and being suspended, which I don't think they get much time anyway. I think it's I, maybe three games. I think the longer it goes, I don't know. He's get, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I, I well, I'm a little different with you than I think he's the, one of the best. Football, he's the best non-quarterback football offensive weapon in the game, so I think he's really good when healthy. I think he is a because he can catch the ball, he can run the ball. But if they don't have an offensive line, I don't think it matters. You have to have the – that offensive line has to be not only shored up, it has to stay healthy. And if it can do those things, then I like its chances. But I I worry about an offensive line and pressure on a quarterback that has in the past 
throwing the football to the wrong team too many times because of pressure and because he tries to make too many things happen. That's why I think Andy Dalton's a huge piece in this. Because Andy Dalton is a game control guy. And if he can get in the room and teach, not so much play, but show Jameis, here's what you do. Here, just And just be a calming voice because he's not going to take his job. So there's not that concern. So what can he teach him? What can Jameis learn from watching him? And just how, to make, it's about quarterbacking is 90% about decision making. They all got talent. It's about when to tuck and run, when to hit the right guy, when to come off your main receiver. So much of it is Tom Brady does in the in the classroom and in the film room than on the field. If you can do that, if you can commit to that, that's the big piece to this team because just hang on to the football, get first downs, and score enough points to win because that defense is going to be good. Yeah. That's going to be a good team. It's going to be a good year for you, Hannah. What are you worried about? Worried way too much. I'm not worried about anything. Worried I way think too the much. Saints are fantastic and they will win all the games. I am going to be oh, like, I'm going to be as excited 17 as. 17 at <laughs> I'm going to be excited as Brad Newell, who says, Super Bowl, baby, 20 and 0. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that note, the game, 1037 Lafayette. And 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team at Pat O's. We're going streaking! We'll let you guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up for the latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th. And you can be there. Register at the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian Downtown Houston, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. And in honor of Ray, the Astros both being in Houston, or both being in Chicago right now, we're going to talk a little Chicago pizza because Doc wanted to know. Doc, if you're out there. About Gino's East, did he say? Okay. Here's my rundown of Chicago pizza. If you want deep dish pizza, and that's what we're talking here, everybody wants to go to Uno's or Due's because that's the tourist attraction. I have always said Lou Malnati's pizza is the best pizza in Chicago. I think Gino's East is second best. And then I move to the local shops and local uh, areas because in my town, uh, pizza which wasn't deep dish, Peroni's Pizza is the best pizza. That's in Glen Ellen, Illinois, my hometown, my official hometown. But Chicago pizza, Gino's East is very good. I just always like Lou Malnati's a little better. But for Ray, I told I try to tell Ray Gino's East is very good. A lot more Gino's East around the town. That's all. But uh, whenever the Bears open their season. 
Every year I order Lou Malnati's pizza and they send it down to me. Lou Malnati's pizza for the Bears, Portillo's hot dogs, and roast beef for the White Sox home opener. And I never do anything to celebrate the Cubs. Just so everybody knows that. <laughs> Jim Gazzolo in for Ray as we do the Raymond Takeover. Hannah Five Names is with me as always. Hannah. Yes. Uh, Oh, are you a deep dish? Have you ever even had deep dish pizza? I can't say for sure that my memory serves that I have, but I may be completely wrong. The one thing, when people say they've had real pizza, deep dish pizza, they say, well, I've had five or six pieces one time. No, you haven't. You can only, I can never even finish two slices of deep dish pizza. They're that thick, if they're good ones. Then I'm going to so, say no. Okay. They're huge. They look like an actual piece of pie instead of pizza. That's where pie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you're gonna make one for us, right? Or, you know, oh, I, I I can't make one. I, oh. Deep. Oh no no no. I, I don't even heat them. Do up. you have a spot? Is there one that you found in Louisiana that you pizza like? Well, deep dish as well. I hope. I no, there's not. Know. There's not really. I don't eat deep dish that often. I would only eat deep dish. On occasion, when I would go into the city, um, I, I was a Baroni's pizza guy growing up because that was the the, the one in the town. Um, every Friday night, that was my parents. <laughs> well, you laugh at that. Every Friday night, my parents would drive us to Baroni's, my sister and I, and we would eat a little a little tiny Baroni's place. And then by the time, in fact, it was so dominant in my life and my parents' life that that's where we had. My uh, rehearsal dinner. Aww. <laughs> now, it wasn't in the little pizza corner that it used to be, which was, it was a really little place when it started. It was only a takeout, and then they built a little restaurant. It was a bigger restaurant by then because my parents had basically built half of the place every Friday night, but <laughs> it seemed like they put a lot of money into the place. Really? Well, yeah, they ate pizza there every night, Friday nights. And then when I was gone to college, the, the woman would always ask about it. And that, and yeah, that was, so that's near and dear to my heart. They weren't known for their deep dish. Um, deep dish is more of an in the city thing than, than the suburbs. But yeah. Hmm. Now, if I, if I always take people, when I, when I go with people and take people that aren't from the city, I take them to Uno's or Duo's pizzerias because... There's the history, and that's where it all started in that. But if I'm going to take them to actually the best pizza and they want the best pizza, I always take them to either Lou Malnati's or Gino's East. Got it. <laughs> in my memory now. So when are we going? Uh, I, I don't go that often. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I always have to have Portillo's when I go, although they've been sold and they don't taste the same. So if you're in Chicago and you think you want Portillo's, try Al's Beef. Al's beef is very good. Got it. And now in Lake Charles, there's no competing with Daryl's, I don't think. I've never been to Lake Charles, nor have been to Daryl's. Daryl's so. is a uh, in fact, uh, the late great Tony Robichaux from who was from Lake Charles and used to used to coach at McNeese. I asked him, because I did some stories on him when we would come over, and he would always say the best thing about playing McNeese is that I would make the team's bus stop at Daryl's for our pregame meal. 
So what you're saying is I'm going to be covering a game for McNeese this year, and yeah. you and I are going to go before Darryl's. the game to Daryl's. Sure. That's a winner. Got it. Uh, no, that is, that is. In stone. And if you don't believe me, <laughs> Ray will tell you. It is, oh, it I mean, is. yeah. That's what me and Ray share very well. We both love food. Well, there you go. Just Who doesn't him, love food, though? Ask him where, where you should eat in Lake Charles. He'll tell you. Daryl's. Got it. That's it. Daryl should be sponsoring Charles, the show so. now. By now. You can be my sponsor, Daryl. And all this in a Whataburger. Yeah. <laughs> we are so excited in Lake Charles for what a what a what a burger. Yes, I say it. Foot said if you say it any other way, it's, it's wrong. I, I I told you the story off off mic here. I said that uh, when I was in college, and we played, we came down here. I was, we came down here to play. We played Texas in Austin, Texas, and um, one of our meals, the guys got to go out and go wherever you want. And we didn't have we didn't get a lot of money, so it was you know basically find a burger joint and grab some beer and <laughs> call it a night. Um, we stopped at what a bur- what a burger first time I've ever seen a what a burger, and uh, <laughs> the one guy my one the one teammate would always say whenever he said what a burger he thought it was the greatest burger in the world I was like it was good I mean it was. I like them. I'm not set on a whole bunch of other ones. I only get like the same two things, which is either their mushroom Swiss burger or they have a jalapeno. Oh, there you go. Cheeseburger. So I get that instead of they don't have the mushroom Swiss, but I love mushrooms, and but, I, but I don't like the regular onions. But the big news is we're getting a Whataburger. We're getting a Jersey Mike's. We're getting a Freddy's. Uh, we're getting some cookie place that my wife told me about. Um, <laughs> some cookie place. Uh so it, it's the the Chuck is bouncing back, and we'll talk to Matthew Barnett at seven thirty about that because McNeese State football is bouncing back, trying to make a comeback. They're going to go under the lights Friday night, first time under the lights since twenty nineteen, first time back at seven o'clock since twenty fifteen for the year. Um, I want to I want to see they got new light. The nights look nice. The lights are very good. They're okay. LCD. They're LED lights. They're very nice. They're better than the old lights. Uh, it just took a couple years to put up after the hurricanes. <laughs> so I'm gonna let you know because you're you're putting down kind of not putting down. You're playing down this cookie place. It's crumble cookies, and crumble cookies don't have the same cookies every week. They I, didn't, changed, I didn't play them down. I just didn't remember the name. They play. They changed the cookies that they have there every week. She said there was some exciting parts about crumble about cookie the cookies. Yeah, they're like huge. Like it took me. How'd you find out that this go to Lake Charles? Because I can use the Google machine. The Google. Machine. And I said cookies coming to Lake Charles, and I, it said. You know what's cookies. sad about that? You <laughs> could figure that out. Uh huh. And I have it on my screen even, and couldn't read it because my wife texted it to me one time. And I, I got it on my screen. And I couldn't read it. <laughs> and you you didn't even so, know what I was talking about. You could find it quicker than I could on my screen. Again, we'll call out for any optometrist that wants to call in and set an appointment up with Jim. You <laughs> <laughs> may need to fix these subscriptions because it's not 2020 anymore. <laughs> Matt Bonnet, after after the break, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home to LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
MP3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Now back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jim Gazzolo in for RP3 as the takeover continues. The Lake Chuck takeover, as I call it. Right now on the phone line with us is Matthew Bonnet, SID from McNeese State. Matt, how you doing? You ex- well, first of all, hey, you Jim. excited about Whataburger coming to town? <laughs> yeah, how about that, huh? That, I mean, moving up in, in the world now. You know? Yes. <laughs> how exciting. All right. I, I want to ask you this. I, I because appreciate you having me, though. Thank you. <laughs> I want to ask you this. Um, Friday night, tomorrow night, McNeese State under the lights will scrimmage. It's kind of the lead yeah. into under the, back under yeah. the lights football season. How exciting is that? And you think people are going to come out for it? I think so. I mean, this is something. You know, we haven't been under the lights since 2019, um, and everybody knows why. And it's just, um, you know, it, it's kind of like bringing the whole thing, bringing tradition back. You know, we're, we're you know, the Coach Goff and his staff and the players and everything, it's time to bring back the winning. Um, we're going to bring back some traditions that uh, we haven't had in a while uh, for game day. And, you know, this is just another thing, back into the lights. I think it's going to be a good night tomorrow night. I think people will come out. Um, you know, people who haven't picked up their season tickets yet will be able to pick them up there as well. So, it is. It's going to be a, a great night. And just to be able to see that stadium lit up, yeah, it's really going to take people back, even though it's only been three years since it happened. Yeah, but it's been a long three years in Lake Charles. Hasn't <laughs> yeah, it? it exactly. really has, but I hate yeah. to, say, I hate to right. say that. Well, one yeah. thing about one thing about Goff is, and, and you've got to love this because you have to work with him a lot and you have to sell his program, is he really wants to be there, I like to say. He, he he's all in. I, he does every talk show I can see. He does every interview. He seems to really have embraced the tradition and this job, hasn't he? He absolutely has, and he knows that this is a this is a winning program. Um, it's traditionally won, you know, and and he knows that this is a place where he can win multiple championships. Um, we've done it before. Uh, we've been, you know, probably at our lowest of lows these last. Uh, couple years, you know, back-to-back losing seasons for the first time in 30 years. I mean, not many programs can say that. No. Um, and so I think, yeah, absolutely. He and his staff, the thing I love about his staff, they are, they're very personable. Um, they get out in the community. They have the players out in the community. Um, how, how many programs do you see around the country in the middle of fall camp would do a victory day like they did last week? Not many, because he knows how important it is to uh, – to be able to to do stuff for the community, to serve the community, um, and I think that's going to get people out to watch this this program and cheer them on as well. But yeah, I mean, this staff they're winners, and that's the thing. You know, they they've won everywhere they've been. They've been together for a long time, and so I think that's a plus too when coming in here this year. And, and you look at the previous staffs we've had. 
Um, you know, they may have won where they've come from, but they weren't all together. Uh, this staff has been together, and they've won together, and that's a big, huge advantage, I think. Yeah, no question about it. And he is, as I've said, it's, he has embraced the tradition of McNeese like no other. Which is which is surprisingly interesting because he had no he had no ties to it before, where others had ties to it and kind of didn't embrace it. And <laughs> right, and, yeah, and, and one thing he's done too, Jim, and people don't know this, but he's brought in former players from the yeah. past to speak to the team uh, during their night uh, meeting team meetings. You know, players come in and talk about the DWA, play, just talk about the traditions of this program back from the eighties, even from the seventies players from the seventies coming in and then sixties coming in every decade. He's had somebody come in and talk about this program. Um, and so not only is his staff learning about it, so are the players who might not know anything about it either. Yeah, no, it's uh, and people have forgotten that uh, McNeese was an elite program, not that long ago. Um, this right, is, this yeah. is a program that in, in this century, Played for national championships. Yeah, you know, absolutely. 2002, played for national championship. Uh, we still, even though we haven't won a champion, a Southland Conference championship since 2015, we still won more championships than any other le- team in the league in past and present, yeah. you know? So, I mean, this is a very storied program, and there's no doubt that Coach Goff is going to get us back to where we were. Uh, 741 Matt Bonnet with us from McNeese State. And, Matt, I guess the big question, though, is always going to be who's playing quarterback <laughs> and, and who, who's going to be yeah. the next quarterback and that. Um, Walker Wood did everything anybody's ever asked for him when he tried. They moved him back to the slot receiver. Does that clear up the picture a little bit and make it a two-man race now between Cam uh, Ransom and Knox Gatum? Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious now um and you know what's amazing is that uh, you were there the other day doing post-practice interview with coach Goff, and that he hasn't had a a, a quarterback battle in nine years yeah, nine know? years so yeah so this is new to him too but he's got two guys out there that are really battling and and the thing about it they you know ne- neither one of them were here during the spring um and they really have it uh been practicing that long because of nursing some injuries. Now they're back full speed ahead. And and you can tell in practice the other day that uh, they're getting comfortable, um, making great passes. And, and so the more reps they get, the more time they get back there, uh, it's just going to become more clear about these are the two guys that uh, is going to take the snaps. And who's it going to be? Uh, you know, I don't even want to speculate, but I know that there's a great battle going on. And, you know, as they always say, you know, iron shoppers iron. <laughs> you know? So uh, a good competition at that position is great to have. Well, I like to tell fans because fans always ask, I say, it'll play itself out. Um, yeah, absolutely. Somebody, somebody will win yeah, the yeah. job. Yeah, and what he mentioned the other day in, in, in an interview, you know, he, he may end up playing both of them the first game. You never know. So, yeah, you know, and that's that's not that's not a great thing for a full year, but it's not a bad thing to start a year. I want I want to ask you about the first game. Is that the furthest Bozeman, Montana, that McNeese has ever traveled for a regular season game? Uh, no, for a regular season game, no. We've been to uh, we went to Maine one year, um, University of Maine, so that's way up there. <laughs> 
but we've been we've been to Missoula a couple times. Um, so and we've been to Portland State. So I mean, it, it's a, it's a hike, that's for sure. It's going to be exciting, though. I mean, they've already sold out. They got standing room only seats available. Yeah, they sold out. And, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be wild. It, it's going to be exciting up there. And, and uh, you know, I've uh, I've heard some some things on their their message boards about how excited their fans are. But they say, hey, look, this is not a this is not one of our typical opening uh, gold rush games. You know, McNeese is a is a very proud program, so we can't overlook them. So it's good to see that their fans have some respect in our program. Yeah, I, I think most people around the country do. I think that there's the only negative is the last couple of years. And I think, right, I think they've yeah. lost – and, and before, even before the Hurricanes, they, this, the program had kind of lost its way. It, it, it had kind of forgotten what its basics and what it stood for and what it was doing. And now he Goff is bringing it all back and kind of saying, we're going to kind of just wash over the last six, seven years and go back to once we once were. Because they had lost touch with the community, it seems, and he's really big on bringing that touch back. Yeah, he really is. And, you know, you, you talk about the program kind of losing its way over the past few years. You look at how it was under uh, Matt Viator and all the years you know, that he won the championships and everything, and even before him. Um, I think that's where we're getting back to now. Uh, there's discipline. There's accountability. Uh, I'm not, you know, don't want to say anything negative about the previous coaches, but it's just a different, it's a different attitude out there now. It's, uh, you know, you're a team, you're not an individual, uh, and they're playing like that. And they're holding, the players are holding each other accountable uh, instead of the coaches holding them accountable. So you have some guys stepping up, being leaders. I mean, you know, Walker Wood is asked to move from quarterback to slot for the second time since yeah. he's been here. And, you know, he does it without question, without hanging his head. He says, hey, what's best for the team? I just want to win. Uh, and that's the kind of players we have. And when you have someone like him that steps up with an attitude like that, that's that's great leadership. And you have a lot of that on our team this year. Nah, no question about it. Uh, and to do it because he came from Kentucky and a lot of people expected him. He, he was kind of the fan favorite because he had been here forever. Fans don't always get it. Um for him to do that and, and, and accept it, he, just yeah, I think he, he, yeah, he's I think he's a fan favorite too because of just I mean how how gritty and hard nosed he is. You know, he's he, he's yeah. all out, hundred percent, hundred ten percent every time he's on that field, and people want to see him on the field. And and you know, and I think he knows that making this move, this is the best chance he has to be on the field. He'll be on the field. He's oh yeah, he will. I, I think um, he will be a contributor. Yeah, absolutely. He yeah. will contribute. All right, Matt, I want to thank you. We'll see you Friday night. We'll see you this afternoon, actually, but we'll see you Friday night for sure. All right, Jim. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks. Matt Bonnett, SID at McNeese State. Scrimmage tomorrow night, 730. Under the lights, they're back. Under the lights, McNeese State. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Jim Gazzolo back for RP3 with Hannah Five Names. Final moments of hour number two. Hannah, the time is flying by. I want to let you know that. It is just flying by. Thank you. Is it on a broom or are we on a plane? How are we flying? Uh, I'm not riding no broom. 
I, Why not? I, I'm taking a I'm taking a plane or nothing else. Why not? <laughs> ah, no. Nah. Be adventurous. Oh, I, I can't be adventurous. The Game Clubhouse at 103thegame.com and 104thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. Friday night is coming up. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. And while you're at it, Hannah, don't forget the, the your Astros, not your Astros, but the Astros on this afternoon. Trying to win a series in Chicago. But they can't win the series. There's only four games. Uh, you're trying, trying to, to win split, the series. To, yes, I am. He's trying to split the series. Uh, it, it is, uh, yeah. <laughs> We're trying to win the series, which would be the biggest series we've won all year. That's why I'm so flustered with it. Um, You're so pumped. But I, it would be it would be a nice statement to beat the Astros. The Astros don't need it. We need it. Okay. We need it, Hannah. And then everybody can go out and get deep dish pizza like we talked about. <laughs> Maybe they will. Or they can come to Lake Charles and get what a burger. <laughs> Saints play Those the Packers. Those are pack- your options. <laughs> Saints play the Packers. Yes. You care? No. Okay. I. You know what I'm surprised about? <laughs> this is I'm really surprised about this is. There's a line on that game. There's a line on preseason games. Really? I would be scared to death to do a line on a preseason game. Some guy who's bagging groceries in two weeks is going to decide whether I make money on the weekend if I'm a better. So that's a gamble. <laughs> that's a gamble. Because in the fourth quarter, when if it's a three-point game or a three-point spread or something, it's being decided by fourth-tier fourth guys, fourth-string guys that aren't going to be on the team. And there you have, that's what's making, whether you make, and people are putting their, you know, their mortgage down on this. Their mortgage? Well, some big bet gamblers do. They're crazy people. Not me, but I, I, I would, I, I, I'd go to $2 here. Yeah. <laughs> that's about, about max you're going to get from me. That's $2. about all you're going to get from me. Cause I, I don't, I, I don't trust myself to know anything. I know nothing about gambling. See when I did the sports gaming can't say gambling but gaming gaming i'm sorry gaming. i definitely used the like free money they give you whenever you first sign up like oh you know sign up and give this code and you get this yeah. many free bets yeah that's what i use first i think i've made a total of four or five bets maybe with my actual own money but i did that and that's when the Bengals lost the super bowl so I don't do that anymore. You bet the Bengals is your first bet? Yeah. Gee. I thought they were going to win Super Bowl. And the Rams came back and took it. I'll give you credit. Yeah. Try I, uh, I I would never vote the Bengals on anything. <laughs> they look good to win. They look good. They look good because they got there, but they're the Bengals. The Bengals. They're the Bungles, as we used to call them. The Bungles. They're always they're always gonna let you down. Teams like the Bengals shouldn't win Super Bowls. Why? I I think Super Bowls should always be won by the big, for the most part, by the big power programs. 
I love a good underdog wins. Joe Namath did it once. Jets have never been heard of since. They haven't. They have not won. Think about that. I think they've only won one division since then. One division since 1969 or something. Maybe two. Yeah, they've been horrible. They've made the playoffs a couple times as wild cards, but yeah, they've been pretty bad. I think the Jets was actually Lewis's team when he was here. I might be wrong about that, but I think so. I think he had all the outlandish type players, not by players, uh, teams as his back. He has Pelicans, but like he had like the Reds, Pelican. I think, was his teams. The Reds. <laughs> I took Less player. East after the hour, after the break coming up. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hour number three of JG from the LC on the takeover of RP3. How's that for you, Hannah Five Names? Is that exciting for you? It's a lot of It's an awful lot to get to? Been working on that all morning. Really? I got no life. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up right now, I got Les East from Crescent City Sports. Les, how you doing today? Doing well, Jim. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, Probably getting sick of me always subbing for Ray, aren't you? No, not at all. Just uh, you take them as they come. (laughs) Well, that's... That's that's a, that's how my wife got stuck with me. So, all right, <laughs> going to ask you a lot about the Saints here. Obviously, everybody's getting hyped about it. Um, biggest question is, Jameis's foot. Is it a big worry or no concern? Well, I mean, at this point, it, there's no indication that it, it is something serious. But until he gets back out there in full participation. Um, you can't be sure, but uh, it, it looks like he's getting close. He's been out on the field, apparently. And Green Bay has not been participating in, in team drills. but uh, And I'm sure he's not going to play tomorrow night. But it looks like he could be back on the practice field when they get back here uh, either Sunday or Monday. Their next practice is Sunday in the Superdome. So it looks like he's getting close to coming back, but uh, you know, until he's actually out there on the field, you, you can't be a hundred percent sure that it's um, it, it's going to be a minor thing. I guess also the concern: a couple of the, uh, offensive linemen are banged up a little bit now. Uh, that's that was that was that was a concern going in was the offensive line. Yeah, there's a little bit of uncertainty there. You know, James Hurst got got uh, nicked up a little bit the other day. Apparently, that's not serious. He'll miss a few days. Uh, it looks like uh, that that's not actually uh, necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if he's going to be ready uh, here pretty soon, 
that just gives Trevor Penning, the rookie number one pick, more opportunities to get first team reps at left tackle, which is helpful. And then it trickles down, and you're able to take a closer look at some other offensive linemen because I think they're going to have some tough decisions on who to keep as their backups. They don't generally keep a lot of offensive linemen, eight or nine at the most, and I think they probably have more than nine NFL-quality offensive linemen. So if they're able to give more reps to some of these uh, backups that they're looking at, that that could help with their evaluation. So I I don't think that's going to be a significant thing either. Is this a, a big week for that? Because you said they have some a lot of decisions to make, especially on the offensive line. Is this the big week for that decision to be made, or do you think they'll carry it into the next week? No, I, I don't think it'll be that big. They don't, on Tuesday, I believe they have to cut five more players, so it's not a significant cut-down coming. Mm-hmm. They, they still have uh, more than five players that I think they know are not going to be able to make this team. So that won't be a, a difficult cut down. And then they play the Chargers in their preseason finale on the 26th before the final cut down. So they still have two preseason games, and uh, I believe it's about four practices uh, in New Orleans before they have to do the cut down. It might actually be more than that before the deadline. So they still have a lot of time to do these final evaluations, especially the two games. So I think uh, how they play against the Packers and how they play against the Chargers in the Superdome, that, that's really going to be the, the most important grades for guys who are fighting to make the roster. Are the Chargers going to be here for workouts against the Saints? or No, that'll just be a preseason game. Okay. They usually they, they just have one workout. <clears throat> situation with an opponent and this year it happened to be the one with the Packers so they'll they'll practice on their own I believe it's Sunday through Wednesday of next week here in the Dome Sunday three times at the facility walk through on Thursday play the Chargers on Friday and then the the following Sunday the 28th is technically the last day that teams are able uh, to be in a training camp situation under the NFL calendar. Mm-hmm. So the 28th is the official end of training camp, although I think some teams are calling it quits prior to that. Uh, everybody's talking, a lot of talk is about how good the receivers have looked, not just Michael Thomas. Who stands out besides Michael Thomas as far as some of the receivers that have come up big? Well, Chris Olave, the number one pick, has uh, has looked good. Uh, he uh, apparently had a big day yesterday against the Green Bay defensive backs, which is uh, impressive. But you know, really from rookie minicamp, he's looked good. You know, his teammates talk all the time about how smooth he is, how he carries himself as a professional. He runs great routes. He's obviously very fast. He's been catching the ball well, so he's had a really good camp. So I would say he's, you know, the next person who has stood out the most. Um, Now, I don't know that anybody else has really stood out. You've seen from Jarvis Landry from LSU what you would expect from him being a veteran. He's had a solid camp, apparently got into a little uh, dust-up with the Packers the other day and, and had to leave the the workouts, but uh, other than that, he's uh, he's practiced very well. Uh, so I would say those are the main guys. Nobody's really jumped out 
as looking like there's somebody who's going to make a big leap on the depth chart. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be a deep group, is, which is what we expected going into camp. How is uh, the rookie on the offensive line, Penning? I think it is. Uh, how has he kind of settled down after he got into some dust-ups at the beginning of the, the camp? Has he settled in? Yeah, I think so. It was uh, the the three incidents, and, and really two of them were, were pretty minor, and, and the third one was a, a little more significant. But they, they weren't terrible um, problems, but they did. They were three days in a row when they put pads on, and that's why they got so much attention. Uh, Dennis Allen addressed it. Uh, the entire offensive line staff addressed it. Uh, and Penning seemed aware of the need for him to understand that there's a balancing act between being as aggressive to the whistle as he's used to doing and not going, uh, not crossing a line that's going to get you in trouble either with a penalty or with an altercation uh, with another player. And so he has not had an incident since then. Uh, he had a couple of problems the other night in the preseason opener against the Texans in pass protection, but he also did a lot of good things in run blocking. I think overall graded out pretty well, even though the the the, the, the misses he had in pass protection were kind of glaring, and that that's easy to see. But his overall grade was pretty good. So I would say to this point uh, they're pretty happy with the camp he's had and I think the fact that he's not had another incident after three and three days, I think, is significant because it shows that he's learning. How are they doing it? Uh, the, another big question mark has been who's going to kind of seize the tight end position. How is that looking? How is that competition playing out? And what, what do they expect from from Hill during the year? Well, that's a good question. They're hoping that uh, you know Taysom Hill is going to have a similar role to what he's had in the past while taking more snaps at tight end. He's not really uh, – he's not been a tight end per se before. He's not been in the tight end room. He's not been a traditional tight end, though they've lined him up in receiving situations uh, where he's been on the interior of the, the formation. He's also been sort of an H-back. They're fullback and they're tight ends. Or, or sort of interchangeable. So he, he's kind of flirted with playing tight end, but hasn't really done it full scale. Now he's in the tight end room, learning more about how to play the position, even though he's still going to take some snaps at quarterback. He's still going to play special teams. He might still line up as a running back or a wide receiver. So he's going to be uh, sort of a wild card in that tight end uh, situation. I think they're really counting on Adam Troutman to have a big season in his third season. They thought very highly of him when they drafted him out of Dayton. He's had some injuries that have slowed him down, especially the first half of last year. And so he's had sort of an uneven uh, career thus far. But I think they're very optimistic that now that he's healthy, he's going to take a big step forward. And so they're looking for him, I think, to have a big year. And then Nick Vanette, uh, the veteran, and Juwan Johnson, who's in the second year of his um, transition from wide receiver, are two guys who are still in the mix. But I would say that Hill and Troutman are the two guys uh, to keep the closest eye on. I, I, 
I want to get you out with this question. Our poll question today is how many wins will the Saints end up with? Um, we had, we had eight, to, uh, 8 to 11 was leading last I saw. Uh, where do you stand on this division itself? Because I, did anybody else get really significantly better in the division? Because I think the Saints, if not favorites, are at least a co-favorite in this. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's a clear line between the top two, New Orleans and Tampa, and the bottom two, Carolina and Atlanta. They're, they're both sort of in a rebuild. Carolina's hard to figure because we're not sure what's going to happen at quarterback. Uh, they have two options there after picking up Baker Mayfield and, and bringing back Sam Darnold. So if one of those guys has a has a big season, they can be improved but I don't think they're going to win a division. I think it's between the Saints and Tampa to win it. I think the Saints have had a better off season than mm-hmm. Tampa, which uh, lost some key players and then lost their center to injury uh, recently. Uh, but they do have Tom Brady. And like the Saints, are going through a, a coaching change. So I think the Saints and the Bucks are very similar, very close. But I would make the Saints a slight favorite over them to win a division. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they could win the division. I, I do think it'll come down to those two. Now, where that plays in when you get into home field advantage for playoffs and that. But the one thing about the Saints is they know they have Tom Brady's number, don't they? Well, they've played better against him than just about uh, anybody has in recent years. They've, uh, they're, I believe, 4-0 and in regular season games, lost the playoff game. Uh, very easily could have won that game if they hadn't turned the ball over four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they shut them out last year for the first time in 15 or 16 years. So, yeah, they've had an unusual amount of success against Brady since he's been in Tampa. Uh, that can always change, but that is something that gives them a lot of confidence in those head-to-head matchups. So, And that could, you know, you're talking about two games and tiebreakers in there. So if you sweep the head-to-heads, that gives – uh, either team a, a huge advantage huge, yeah. in the division race. Huge advantage. All right, Les East, uh, Crescent City Sports, I want to thank you for your time. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Jim. All right, thanks. That's Les East. Uh, he is, I, I'm telling you, Hannah, where are we on the poll? we we got to be – I would say the Saints have to be at least – how many Super Bowl babies do we have? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Um, so – our poll question is how many wins will the Saints have this season? Right now, leading it is at 58%, 8 to 11, with 22% for 12 plus, 11 for 8 under, and only 9% for the Super Bowl babies. <laughs> that's why That's why I went with 11 at the cutoff and not 12, because I wanted to see how many people were willing to take that jump into the 12th win. Uh, that's a big jump from 11 to 12 may not seem like a lot, yeah. but it's a big jump when it comes to a football record. So 12 and five sounds yeah. a lot, lot better than 11 and six. So there we are. The game one Oh three, seven Lafayette, one Oh four, one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. You're home for LSU tigers and Houston Astros. RP three came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. It's like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer.
or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jim Gazzolo back. Glenn... Glenn coming. Glenn West coming up at eight thirty. He'll talk LSU. We'll talk Miles Brennan. Who's the quarterback? Is it a is it a kind of a complete deal now? Who's going to be the guy? Uh, what's up with Brian Kelly? That's up at eight thirty. Lake Charles, America, uh, Lake Charles has McNeese State playing home tomorrow night seven thir- seven o'clock scrimmage. First time back in the stadium at night. Since 2019, I think there's going to be people showing up. Uh, I I don't know how many, but I think people are interested. They had some people at the first scrimmage, and uh, there was some interest. I want to see what they bring. Obviously, the big question mark is who's going to be that quarterback. Big question mark at UL is who's going to be the quarterback. Everybody has quarterback questions. I've never seen a state where more quarterback jobs are up for grabs going into a season than this one. I think every school in this state has a quarterback competition, or at least had some. I, what's your favorite one of them? Do you have one, Hannah? Do you have a favorite one? Is it LSU? Uh, I think LSU is very intriguing. Why? What, what makes LSU so intriguing to you? Because – you look at you have Garrett Nussmeyer who's been there. You have Jaden Daniels who just came here, and you have Mal Brennan who punked out because he didn't get the story started. Out. Yeah, I don't care for how he just you know. People so are like he didn't you look think right. He realized he, he wasn't going to play and just said I'm done. I feel that's what it was. Like in my mind, that's why my well, we'll, first- we'll see if that's the case. He may show up somewhere else. Well, so Ray says he's been away from football, so he's like done. But I don't know. I feel like you get told you're not going to be the starting quarterback. You're the one of the three quarterbacks that's been there the whole time, and unlike Was everybody he else, told that, transferred. Though? Was he officially told that, or did he just see the writing on the wall? No, he saw he was talked to by staff and well, then. Coach Kelly. And that's his way of responding was deleted. So, I, I me, mean, that's what I feel like. That's where my mind went to first. And I don't know. I feel like people were saying, well, he didn't look right and he didn't like he was fully there. Well, then why'd you come out the portal? Something that's had to have been said question. to you. That's, that's what was said to him. Was, was the job promised to him? How much of the job was promised to him? Did, was it going to be a two man deal? And then, uh, Kelly went out and got Jaden and made it a three-man thing. I, that we'll never know. until Unless somebody talks, we'll never know. But the there is – the Nussmeyer thing always kind of confused me because he essentially didn't play in a bowl game when he could have. And that, to me, was kind of weird because that was his audition tape. I, that To me, that would have been his audition tape. He could have actually said what he what he could do. He could show him what he's doing, and everybody would have been happy with it. But he didn't play in the bowl game, and why? You, you don't you don't stay anymore at these schools. So I, that was that was always a confusing one to me. Then Kelly goes out and gets Jaden Daniels, and he says, 
is this the guy? Well, you don't go out and get a Jaden Daniels unless he's somebody you want because you went out and got him. He didn't come to you. So now the question is, where does he fit in in the package? And is he the guy because he's the last guy in the room and he's the last one to get? Those are those are really the questions to me. All right, now we got Doug on the line. Doug, are you there? Hey, yes, sir, I am. Welcome to the game hotline. What's going on with you, Doug? Well, I just heard uh, y'all talking about um, about Miles Brennan, and I heard Hannah's comments about, uh, and I've heard some other comments on the radio about how he's punked out and yes. quitting. Does, does everybody realize that this man grew up wanting to play LSU football? He came to LSU. He spent four years as a backup. He stayed with the program. He did everything that was asked of him. He was promised by Brian Kelly when he came in, as y'all just mentioned, it was a two-man race. Then it became a three-man race. Yeah. I think he just got tired of all of it. Well, that could be. Like yes, you were, you're very right in that. Like I think that could also be a thing that he's just tired, but it's just the way in which things played out that I think everyone's mind went straight to. You just got told you're basically not going to be the starting quarterback again, so you know now now you're done. I think that's what. Well, yeah, I mean I I do understand that, but people have to think back about what this young man went through. I, I understand and, and that. What he, wanted, he never wanted to play for anybody else. He just wanted to play for LSU. And he's been there for six years. But let me let me ask you this, Doug, though. there's yes. Being a number three quarterback may look bad, but there's a lot of times when LSU went through three quarterbacks last year. He could be playing at some point this year if he stayed. Oh, I agree. I agree with you 100%. So but, I, uh, I, I think he just he, he, he felt he spent too much time on the bench and he was well that's he, 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 he didn't want to stick around to wait for the opportunity. He had stuck around long enough. Well then I, then then I agree with Hannah, why did he come back? I, he, he should have thought of that when he wasn't told you're the guy, we're not going to go get anybody else because because uh, assuming he stayed in the portal, he could have played football somewhere else and been a starter. Maybe at a lower level, but he could have done it if, if football was the multi, the ultimate thing. Oh, on that point, I agree with you 100%. He should have stayed in the portal. He shouldn't have come back to LSU. So, all right, Doug, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Hey, good talking to you all. All right. Bye-bye. So, yeah, I mean, that's that. that those are the two things. If football was ultimately it, then he should have stayed in the portal. And gone somewhere and played one year and said, maybe maybe you go somewhere you shine and the NFL takes a liking to you. Right, but I think also in that fact is that if it was that what Doug said is that he just he wanted to play for no one else but LSU. If you realize that after you know it was his sixth year now, if you realize that you weren't possibly going to be the starting quarterback again, why couldn't have you during the summer like, hey, I may have a good throwing arm, but you know. Yeah, I agree. Do I have I agree. the work? Why couldn't you no, find I, her position I would have to said, play? I would have said that that ship sailed when Brian Kelly got here. I, I had had my five years here. I've tried it. It's not going to be. I just want to play a football season. Right. That would have been me. I would have went and been okay. Well, if I'm not working at a quarterback, 
could I play something else? Like Jaden Daniels, so you know, Jaden Daniels played, you know, quarterback. So yeah, that's, he, that's what he wants to do. But he's also making sure that he's like, hey, I'm, you know, making sure that, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm going to fight for myself, but I'm also going to help Garrett Nussmeyer because I've played and he hasn't played as much. But we, we didn't hear that, too. We never heard that. And also should be pointed out, Daniel's a little better athlete than Miles Brady. He may not be a better quarterback, that, but he's a better athlete as far as runner goes. He could play other positions if he needed to. Right. But you are right. It is – if that is your ultimate goal and you didn't do it for five years, what made you think you were going to do it again? Yeah. I That's – I I don't – I that's where I have a hard time with what happened with him is I think he should have stayed – if he wanted to play football and football was his goal, I would have gone and played somewhere else and said, this is my opportunity to be a quarterback I want to show the world I actually could be. I want to go to a place where I know I'm going to get an opportunity to right. play. You would, you would want to get more tape somehow. If yes. not getting enough tape with over. LSU, then you know go somewhere else. Don't come back. You're like, hey, I did for five years. I was a bench. You could have also went and tried to play wide receiver or running back or something else. Wow. You could have worked something else over the summer to change and play another position yeah. if you realized quarterback's not working out. I think that the, the running was on the wall the minute they went out and got – Jaden Daniels. Yeah. If they loved Miles Brennan so much and Garrett Newsmeyer so much, you wouldn't have brought a third quarterback in. Yeah. Same thing at McNeese. If you loved what you had, you wouldn't have gone out and gotten Cam Ramson. But by getting them, they're not coming here. They're not coming at the last minute and choosing your school because they're not promised you have an excellent chance to play here. Yeah. And so, Darren, further to point, here's another point. Miles had three chances. He got hurt, and he got beat out two times. Yeah. The writing was on the wall. Yeah. He should have stayed in the portal and gone on his way. Agree 100%. After the break, we'll ask Glenn West that. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For sports talk love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jim Gazzolo back. Final half hour as the takeover continues. Right now on the line for us is senior writer for Go 247 Sports, Glenn West who's been with LSU for since 2017, been covering the Tigers. Glenn, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing fine. I I, I saw last week you did a breaking down the LSU quarterback race, and uh, now you have to change that up, huh? Yeah, so it's been, it's been certainly a revolving door. I mean, LSU kind of walked in with uh, – you know, three guys that really seemed like it was uh, going to be kind of a neck-and-neck neck race for most of fall, and then obviously the news that Miles Brennan broke earlier this week, and now you're now you're down to two, and I think Wednesday's practice really showed us a lot um, in terms of how the reps are being divvied up, you know, kind of what the, uh, the, the plan is moving forward. It doesn't sound like this is quite over yet. Um, both Garrett Nussmeyer and Jaden Daniels both had some really great moments, I thought, on Wednesday, and 
Uh, we're going to get another couple practices here to sift through kind of what they're thinking. But, you know, we're, we are at the same time getting closer and closer to that Florida State game. What was it? Were people shocked by Miles Brennan's announcement? or Because uh, obviously the fans loved him and loved his story in that. But was it just a case of reality was setting in for him and he saw the writing on the wall? I think so. I think that's probably a really good way of putting it. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he gave everything to this program. I mean, he just never really caught a break. I mean, um, to be quite honest with you, he came in and he competed with quarterbacks. He suffered through injuries and rehab and went through workouts and went through the whole process of getting back. And, you know, his opportunity just really never came up again after that 2020 season. And that was cut short by injury. And so, um, I, I think it was more of a realization for Miles that you know, he was probably ready to just hang it up for football and, and kind of move on to the next phase of his life. Obviously, he's, he's a uh, you know big part of the Brennan family, which is uh, you know very very prestigious in their restaurants and, and everything in their dining around here. So uh, there's going to be something I'm sure for him, and I'm you know I'm going to be interested to see what what's next for him. All right, so that leads us down to two now, and you've yep. mentioned them, Garrett Nussmeyer. Jaden Daniels, uh, are they two completely different quarterbacks, or, or can, can they fit into one system? Yeah, so I think that was probably the the biggest question most of us had this offseason, just because when you look stylistically at both of them, there does seem to be some differences. And uh, you know, Jaden Daniels is obviously extremely immobile, an extremely mobile quarterback, uh, can can really, when plays break down, it, you know, get downfield with his legs and you know, really create some havoc, I think, on opposing defenses. And uh, Nussmeyer is a guy who can really uh, make all the throws that you want. I mean, he, he really has improved, I think, over the last several months on uh, just kind of letting the game come to him and not forcing things. Uh, he's, he's, he's a lot more comfortable, I think, uh, in his second year with the program. And once, you be, once the game kind of slows down for you, I think it really – kind of helps open up a lot uh, within within your own game and so I think that's something that Nussmeyer has really gotten better at and so um, we, we, we've seen it you know these last several days we had a full practice we got to watch yesterday um, both of them had some fantastic moments I mean they were you know, really clicking I mean the offense went down and scored touchdowns with both behind center uh, they went down on four drives and, and, and got within field goal range and uh, two of those times they were able to score touchdowns and so um, both really showed, I think, that they're capable of leading this offense. And now it's just about, you know, Coach Kelly and this offensive staff just really, uh, you know, picking their druthers on which one they prefer because I don't think you can probably go wrong with either one. Is there any, uh, I, and it's hard because it's early, but is there any kind of rivalry within the program of guys picking sides yet or anything? You know, I, I don't think so. We, we, we've gotten some very diplomatic answers from the players this year. Um, you know, I, I think you know, there was, uh, as, as media guys, we probably hoped there would be a few more uh, players that were interested in, in showing us their preference, but we haven't really been able to get that out of anybody this, this offseason. They've been uh, very uh, coy in the, you know, their answers in terms of just they, they like all of them. You know, I think we, we talked with the receivers and you know, Keishon Butte, Malik Neighbors, uh, Dre Jenkins. It doesn't really matter who you speak to. I think they they feel comfortable with both of those guys, which is really I think indicative of some of the summer work that they put in together. They were meeting two or three times a week and getting some of the route timing down with all the quarterbacks. And so uh, I do feel like uh, you know that these these receivers feel like 
they're in good hands with whichever way uh, LSU decides to take this. Now, I, I, I watch McNeese a lot, obviously, from being over in Lake Charles, and I, I see the same dynamic happening. We have a runner and a passer kind of going at it for their job. Is there a precedent you've seen from Kelly as to which type he likes, or is it a, is he a guy that would go with two quarterbacks? Has he talked about that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's been kind of the, the question within the question, right? And, and I think you're going to probably see throughout the season both of these guys play some. Um, I think it's just about, for Coach Kelly and really the staff right now, is which, which quarterback can get us off to the best start? Which one do we have the most trust in to you know, knock off Florida State, handle a couple of non-conference games before really getting into the meat of their SEC schedule? And, yeah, I, I do think there's something to having some veteran presence back there. And Daniels, you know, he's been a three-year starter yeah. at a top-notch, you know, uh, Pac-12 uh, program in Arizona State. And so uh, I, I do think there's something to that. I think he's really improved with his footwork. That was something he really worked on uh, really all summer when he got here. Um, you know, they, they've been working with him on his footwork, and he's certainly getting the ball out a little bit quicker and doing some really good things. So uh, I – if you if you ask me who you think who I think is going to be the starter week one, I'm probably leaning towards Daniels at this point. But um, I don't think that this race is over by any stretch. I always like to say is if they were happy with who they had, they wouldn't have gone and gotten Jaden Daniels. So right, <laughs> that's that's yeah. I, I'm the same way at McNeese. I say if they were fully happy with what they saw in the spring, Cam Ramson wouldn't be there. So it, it yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of the thing. Yeah, you know, speaking of McNeese, I mean. LSU really the breakout player has been the, the transfer Colby Richardson. I, I'm not really? sure if you've read any sports down here, but he has put on about 20 pounds of, of weight and is really breaking out. And he's been getting some first team reps, uh, a lot of first team reps with this uh, with this secondary that's really in a big rebuild mode. So uh, just a little little tidbit out there for all the McNeese fans that are obviously out out, out there. I mean, I think uh, you know, he's been a, a really bright spot uh, early on in fall camp. Now he now he was really good here, um, yeah. so we can't. But he, it's really hard to judge how guys were in Lake Charles for the last two years because everything they had to go through in that. But he was yeah. he was very he was as good as anybody in the secondary, and it was a good secondary. So yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised. Little surprised he's with first team reps maybe, but right. I'm not surprised he's working hard to do it. All right, take away the quarterback position. What's the next best competition in camp? The next best, uh, ooh, I, I would probably say the cornerbacks. I mean, we've gotten to see, um, you know, probably three or four uh, practices now, and, and two of them have been full scrimmages. And that, that's been the one position that I haven't been able to really hammer home a consistent rotation with. Um, they are rotating, uh, uh, obviously, Richardson, but they're rotating Jarek Bernard Converse, the Oklahoma State transfer, uh, Seven Banks, the Ohio State transfer. Kai Gardner, the uh, ULL transfer, uh, they, they've got a bunch of transfers in there from that are really taking up a lot of these reps at corner, and I think they're just trying to find the right combination right now. And so that's probably the one position that I would say is still far from settled. Uh, you know, outside of the quarterback spot, um, you know, there does seem to be some consistency with the offensive line now. They've been rolling out, uh, you know, Will Campbell, Miles Frazier, uh, Garrett Dellinger, um, uh, Charles. Uh, 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 Anthony Bradford and uh, uh, Traymond Shorts, who's a transfer as well. So I do think they they're finding some consistency with the the O line. Got a couple guys that are going to mix in this week, but 
really that secondary is is the in, in the cornerback room in particular uh, is where I'm looking at over the next several weeks. Was that the big question mark going in? Because he that's where he really hit the transfer portal hard. Was it oh, seemed yeah. like secondary? Yeah, you had to because you lost really all your starters from last year. I mean, yeah. Stingley, Ricks, Dwight McLaughlin. I mean, uh, all these guys left um, after the season, and so uh, Cordell Flott you can throw in there as well. I mean, like they 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 were missing their their starting unit. I mean, they just had nothing. They were bare in that room, and they had to really hit the transfer portal hard. They got a couple freshmen they're excited about. Not sure if they're going to be ready for you know really big snaps early in the season, but they've they've really shown to be some 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 improvement there. Um, but yeah, that, that that secondary in particular has been kind of the, the the group where you know I think there was a lot of concern heading into the fall, but there's been some alleviated pressure I think over the last couple of weeks, considering the number of guys that have really shown to to really hold their own against really one of the elite. Uh, receiver cores in all of college football. Before I let you go, I want to ask you this question about Kelly and coverage. Um, in the past, it's kind of been hard to get access at times at LSU. What's the access <laughs> been like with Kelly? It's been great. I mean, uh, honestly, it's the somebody told told me this a couple weeks ago, and I think it's really stuck with me. It's been the quality over the quantity. You know, we don't, we're not we're not in as many practices as we were last year. Um, but we're getting three full practices um, throughout this fall camp. And those three practices alone, you learn so much more than just getting to go in for 20 minutes and watching individual drills and then having to get out. So uh, I would say that the, the access is a lot better this year. It's been uh, really a breath of fresh air, I think, for a lot of the media and uh, you know fans alike who really want to get kind of a, a behind-the-scenes look at this team and uh, what 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 they're uh, what they're what they're capable of. So it's been it's been a really uh, really nice change of pace. It's interesting. I, I I hate to say this, but what's happening in Baton Rouge almost mirrors right down to the secondary being rebuilt. What's happening in Lake Charles? It's kind of funny uh, on a different really? level, obviously. But yeah, different access, better access, better media. T- yeah, it's really strange. <laughs> yep. All right, Glenn. <laughs> I want to thank you for your time, Glenn West. From the senior writer for Go247 Sports, covering LSU. Thanks for the insight on the Tigers. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Glenn West, everybody. And, and that's 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 what strikes me is both camps look a lot alike with new coaches, quarterback controversies, a lot of the same is the same. You've got two guys coming from in, one from outside the area. All these things, it looks the same. It's a very strange phenomenon going on. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Final moments here on a Friday, on a Thursday. The takeover continues. Nick Fontenot will be in for Kevin Foote at the top of the hour, hopefully. If not, I will stop in for a couple extra minutes. And he can't get rid of me. Can't get rid of me. I can do. I'll do all five. I'll do the whole day. I'll just do the whole day here. We'll have the JG from the LC Marathon. I mean, we did it. Oh, uh, we <laughs> did it at during Christmas. Christmas. Ah, got a little rough. Hey, got we a had a great rough. time though. <laughs> well, yeah, but we got to talk Christmas cookies. Yeah. We got to talk Christmas movies. Got an update on a poll question for us. I do. Let's see. So, our poll question. I feel like I'm not loud enough. 
There you go. Now I feel like I'm louder. <laughs> How many wins will the Saints have this season? So we have at 60% winning our vote today as 8 to 11. We have 21% for 12 plus. We have 10 for 8 and under and only 8 Super Bowl babies. Only 8 Super Bowl babies. Yep. Yeah. I'm a little surprised by that. People hopped on the Brad Newell train and then they hopped off. Well, quick. no, I think, they've, I think they've been smart enough to understand that they're good. I don't know if they're Super Bowl good. Rams are good. I don't think Tampa's as good as people think. I, You know, I looked over the NFC. I don't think the Packers are as good as they've been. I don't think Tampa's as good as it's been. I think the Rams are really good. I think the Cardinals are getting better, but I'm a little concerned. I think the 49ers might be a surprise, but I got a question. The quarterback quarterback can change when you go to an NFC title game. Always confuses me. Um, I, the, the NFC is more open than I think. I don't yeah. think Dallas – I never think Dallas is as good as people think. I'm sorry. Too many people like Dallas. I, I, no, I I think they're good. I think they probably win that division, but I don't think they're great. I don't think they're Super Bowl no. great. They remind me of the Packers. They got a they got some pieces, and they play in a bad division. <laughs> but I mean, like the Saints, could they be the second best team in the NFC? Maybe. They have they have a they have four very winnable games in their in their division. Then they go to Tampa, who they beat pretty easily lately. So can you go 6-0 and in your division and not win your division? No. So they can go 5-1 and in that division. Yeah. I and then you're, well. then you're in perfect shape. You're everything you If you go 5-1 and in your division, everything's in front of you. You go 4-2 and two in your division, you're in the driver's seat. So I, I think, yeah, I, I, I think they could have a great year. And I don't think the NFC is that great. I, Seattle's not good. Um, I, I can't remember all the teams. I think San Francisco's getting better. The Rams are very good. Cardinals always start off five and one, five and zero, oh or six and one, and fall apart. Uh, Packers are good, but not great. Detroit's terrible. Bears are horrible. Vikings are palatable. Uh, Carolina's bad. Atlanta's horrendous. Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Giants are pathetic. Eagles are in a flux. Washington is, ugh. I don't even know what is in Washington. And uh, the Dallas. I don't I don't think there's four good teams no. in the NFC. I think every team probably in some way, shape, or form, they believe they did well throughout the draft. And they've done well in trades and signing people and for agency. But I don't think there's a particular team that really stands out to be like, hey, this is probably our Super Bowl champion this year. Um, there, there is in either division, in either conference, nothing. I, I, th- I, think, I think Buffalo and, and the Rams are the two best teams. Now, they're beatable because they got beat last year. And the Rams could have been beaten, but I I think I think there's a lot of teams that are we're gonna see how how much they take a step up or take a step back. I think there's gonna be great flux this year in what happened last year. 
is why it's making my struggle to make a lineup for my hopeful <laughs> fantasy team this weekend struggling. <laughs> I, I can't do fantasy now because injuries. I always worry about injuries. That's that's my biggest thing. The game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We'll see you tomorrow.